so Amba, as this uh, terrible conflict in Gaza uh, continues, there's also the the conflict at home. And one group you followed very closely is within our lifetime, Palestine. Uh, can you give us a? I know you have an update uh, for us about them and and uh, the situation they're going through right now. Yeah, I have an update um, and a, an interview that uh, we're going to get to hear from earlier today with one of their organizers. So <clears throat> getting to it, within our lifetime, Palestine, known popularly as WOL or WOL Palestine, is a Bay Ridge-based organization that advocates for the liberation of Palestinian people and the lands of Palestine. The organization, which is a linchpin of the Palestinian community in Bay Ridge, has led scores of protests since October 7th that unapologetically call for an end to the occupation and in returns uh, have faced much hostility from Zionists and other right-wing groups. Uh, Over the weekend, Meta, which is the company that uh, owns Instagram, Facebook, and WhatsApp, banned the Instagram accounts of both Within Our Lifetime and its founder, Nardine Kiswani, both of which had large followings and provided updates not only on protests, but what is going on in the ground in Gaza and in the West Bank um, as sort of educational tools. Um, they also banned the account of Decolonize This Place, which is a completely separate entity based in the Bronx, um, but uh, does a lot of, does protests with uh, within our lifetime and, you know, does solidarity work. This comes after targeted arrests of Nardine Kiswani and other organizations um, um, two weeks ago and the uh, adoption of a zero tolerance policy of protesting um, for the NYPD against pro-Palestine protests and public speech- speeches. And it's not the first time Kiswani faced censorship. She was, um, censored after giving a commencement speech uh, at CUNY Law in 2022. And the next year, Fatima Mohammed, another one of Wool's leaders, also gave a commencement speech uh, that was pro-Palestine. Uh, and the in the wake of these events, CUNY has actually canceled those uh, student-elected commencement speakers in general, but what I'm saying is this is not existing in a vacuum. Um, and they've all received threats of, they all being the lead organizers, harassment, assault, sexual assault. Um, and Abdullah Al-Akhl, who's one of the uh, lead organizers as well, um, is a graduate student at Harvard University. And uh, right now, right-wing and Zionist groups are pressuring Harvard to discipline him for his activism. So I spoke with him earlier today, and I started the convo by asking him to tell me more about the harassment he's facing on campus. Again, this is Abdullah Al-Akhl of uh, Within Our Lifetime Palestine. Yeah, thank you for having me. So what's happening on Harvard is Zionist donors, Zionist groups, and even Zionist individuals are pressuring Harvard to potentially take administrative action and reprimand students that are part of the pro-Palestinian movement and are championing some of those voices. And so what we're seeing from the administration is that they are ready to uh, follow through with some of those commands coming from some, some of those Zionist donors, especially someone like Ken Griffin, which has donated $200 million a year to Harvard and who's threatening to pull out that donation until he sees that Harvard is willing to take a stance on this. And so definitely we see that Harvard is, uh, is in the middle zone and we should be seeing a side that they should be taking soon.
So you're facing that, and then, you know, now tell us more about what happened with the accounts of both within our lifetime and Nardim Kiswani being banned by Benda, by Meta, basically being taken off Instagram over the weekend. Um, and that also is that's not something quite new. That's something that you all have faced in the past with Wool being taken down, the account being taken down, then put back up. But this seems like the longest time it's been down. So what led up to that and how are you all responding and how did it happen? Yeah, so we know that Meta, which uh, owns Facebook and Instagram, has repeatedly suspended the account of Wool Palestine and Nadine Kiswani, who is the chair of Within Our Lifetime, for things that what they want to call is going against their policies, when in reality it is just pro-Palestinian activism, calls for liberation, and actually just talking about the genocide that's taking place in Gaza. And yeah. so... While they have suspended it multiple times, this is the first time that they send a message saying that it has been permanently deleted, like oh. how they have sent that message to other activists and those within the movement. And so we are making it very clear and we are calling out Meta being the ones that are enabling these actions that they are being very clear in choosing their side. When we are talking about justice versus genocide, they are choosing to pick the side of those that are enabling the genocide, of silencing the voices that are trying to talk about it. And so while this isn't new to us, we are still going to make it very clear that Meta needs to be held accountable. And it is slightly different now that you're down for good. Is that for good for good? Is there any chance that the account could be resuscitated or like, no, like it, it's over? Yeah, so per per Instagram, they, they claim that it is permanently deleted and all data has been deleted as well. And so that is that is what Instagram is saying. But um, we are still going to take every avenue that we can to try to bring back the account as that it was one of, or if not the largest account that we've had across many platforms. But we are also making it clear for others to join our Telegram, to follow us on Twitter, and to ensure that we're still keeping this going. What are they saying you you violated? You know, did they did they point to specific posts or because you know what what I've noticed for the most part is you know that you guys you know I mean the leaders of your organization are well educated people. You fact check your stuff very thoroughly, knowing what position you're in. What are they saying you violate? Yeah, so repeatedly, and even in this last time, they are always very vague with their reasoning. They don't get into specifics. They don't mention why they, they remove us other than us going against their policies. And in this final removal, this permanent one, they're making it very clear that these accounts, these individuals do not belong on Instagram just because of the views that they hold aren't alignment with the views of Meta. And that is the clearest statement that Meta can ever give us, making it clear that if these individuals are standing, these individuals and organizations like within our lifetime are standing against genocide and Instagram does not like to host that, means Instagram is in every way possible telling us and telling the world that is watching that they are pro the genocide that is taking place. Right. And and just a detail here, Nardine's account, was it also uh, taken down for good or was it suspended? Yes, they both received the same message. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so let's talk, um, you, you know, for a moment about that, about, 
you know, and, and we're on WBAI, so we would have a lot, we'll be having a lot of, you know, like OG veteran organizers, you know, social media for many reasons is not the ideal place to organize, but do talk to us about like, you know, the positive aspects of your account, the community it created, how it activated, educated people, um, you know, and also probably made some people feel not so alone, but also it was one of the places where you could get, you know, repost of what was going on on the ground in Gaza and West Bank. Yeah, no, 100%. Wolf, from its founding, always relied on this idea of community organizing, going door-to-door, business-to-business, putting out flyers. But then we also recognized the power that came through social media, where we could use a platform to educate the masses, but to also agitate them, to make them wake up and say, I need to take action. And I need to see what is going on in Gaza, in Palestine, and in other occupied places across the world, because that is what's needed in this current moment. And while we know that these platforms will try to censor us, it is so much more of a reminder that if they are trying to censor us so hard, we must be doing something very good. And by recognizing that, we are able to awaken the masses even more to come out stronger than ever. And we are seeing that, that after our page has been suspended, people now more than ever are taking it into their hands to continue to share about what's taking, what's going on in Palestine, what's going on in Gaza, and even what's going on in Rafah, that now more than ever, for the first time, at least in my time with the organization, have I ever seen this many people post our flyer on their own personal pages saying, I might not be part of within our lifetime, I might not be a member, but since you took them down, I align with their values, and you can't take all of us down. And that is a clear message that we're sending by using these platforms and really using them to the best of our ability to educate and agitate the masses. Tommy, you know, what it's like to persevere in the face of all of this? Like, does it feel defiant? Is it more difficult? You all had this censorship happen, and you were immediately back out on the streets for the Rafa emergency purchase yesterday, which we'll talk about in a second. But how does it feel to, like, continue going out as you guys are continually attacked? Yeah. At, at first, it's, um, it's, it's tough just because you realize that there are people, there are individuals, there are entities, and even multi-billion dollar corporations actively trying to silence you. But at yeah. the same time, there is this, this courage, this fire that, that's burning inside of us, knowing that we are on the right side of history, knowing that even if they take away all of our accounts, even if we have no online presence, we will mm-hmm. still fill the streets, we will still make our voices clear, and we will still shake the world, letting everyone know that what is happening in Gaza is still happening. And what is happening in Rafah is happening, even if a Super Bowl is happening, even if there are major events taking place at the same time. So we still have an opportunity and an obligation to continue the work that we do. And we think of it a lot like an obligation, because if we just think of it as something that we do in our past time, then it's something that we can stop whenever. But when we think of it as something that we take upon ourselves, which we do, that we will continue this work by any means necessary. This is something that hits home, not only for us, but for people that have been in this struggle for a very long time. Shah. Um, and last question. So let's do talk for a moment about what is going on in Palestine. What was the emergency protest for um, 
yesterday, um, you know, there's this potential imminent uh, ground invasion of Rafah where uh, 1.5 uh, Palestinians, and many of them refugees from the, all the other northern ports of Gaza, because that is the southernmost city, have fled. So right now we have 22,000 people there per um, square kilometer, but I'll let you take it away. Yeah, so the reality is that, that the occupation told everyone that is in Gaza, their own home, to leave the northern parts of Gaza, to evacuate to the south, and it was repeatedly, from October 7th, the south, and specifically Rafah, was labeled as a safe zone by the occupation. And so many fled their own homes and went down into Rafah to seek refuge, seek refuge in a land that is originally theirs. And so what we saw is, that became a very densely populated town in Gaza, Rafah. And what happened was the occupation released that it wishes to create a military operation in Rafah, and it is telling people to leave. And the biggest question is, where do people go? This is their land. They followed what you told them to, to leave from the north into the south, and now there's nowhere to go. And when the bombing started, what hundreds were being injured and murdered, the occupation then came out with a statement saying this was a distraction to release two hostages. And so we are making it very clear that in no world, even if what they are saying is correct, in no world will you take hundreds to be injured, to be murdered as a distraction for two people to come out. And so it is it it is so hard to talk about just because this is this is the reality of what is going on in Gaza, that hundreds are considered a distraction. Whether they are alive, whether they are dead, or whether they are injured, they are nothing more than a a pawn piece that the occupation uses to get some of their own. And so we are seeing this time and time again, and we see that in Rafah, things are getting tougher and tougher as the occupation continues to not allow fuel, continues to not allow food and water to the border that they are actually there by. And so we know that the situation is dire, but we are going to continue to mobilize everyone to make it very clear that we stand with Rafah, we stand with Gaza, and we stand with Palestine. Uh, reparations for this. And that was Abdel Al-Akhil from Within Our Lifetime Palestine speaking with me earlier today. Um, everybody, thanks for listening to the Independent News Hour. We are going to be right back after a short music break. 